Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, I just read a tweet this morning from CPA Josh Horn. Josh suggested that there would be so many more valuable private businesses if they would redirect the time and energy used on tax avoidance into value creation. So we kind of have a two-part show today. First, we're going to meet with a certified tax coach, Craig Cody, and then we're going to segue into another interview with another tax ex- expert, Tab Burkhalter. So let's go right into our interview with certified tax coach, Craig Cody. It's Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Craig Cody, and Craig Cody is a certified tax coach, certified public accountant, business owner, and former New York City police officer with 17 years experience on the force. As a certified tax coach, Craig belongs to a select group of tax practitioners throughout the country who undergo extensive training and continued education on various tax planning techniques and strategies. With this organization, Craig has co-authored an Amazon bestseller book, Secrets of a Tax-Free Life. We're going to talk to Craig about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat franchise opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat franchise opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. 
Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 10 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one one I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Craig Cody, and Craig Cody is a certified tax coach, certified public accountant, business owner, and former New York City police officer with over 17 years' experience on the force. Hi, Craig. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm doing great. That's fantastic. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from today, Craig? I'm actually calling from Manhasset, New York, which is uh, about 20 minutes, uh, 20 miles, I should say, outside of Manhattan. Sure. Okay, fantastic. I'm originally from Brooklyn. I, I kind of detect your New York accent, Craig. <laughs> I, I detect I a little bit of one in you. Yes, fantastic. Well, it's great to have you on the show. You know, I, I read your story, uh, Craig, and I found it very impressive how you were able to you know have that transition in your career maybe you can tell our listening audience you know what you were doing before becoming a certified tax coach and of course a CPA okay yes uh, well I guess I followed in my dad's footsteps and I became a uh, second generation New York City police officer um, I had a very interesting career um, uh, eventually retiring as a lieutenant and coming into the accounting field that's fantastic it's, it's interesting Craig I did you wouldn't Last week we were talking about police officers and police officers actually going into franchising. I said, God, what a great segue. You know, you can't even plan something like that, you know, you know, talking to someone like yourself today. You know, so I, I think it's, it's fantastic to have you on the show today. One of the topics that you often discuss is proactive um, uh, planning, Craig. And what is proactive tax planning and how can it minimize your taxes? Okay, so let's talk about what most people consider um, – tax planning. Most people consider tax mm-hmm. planning is they meet with their accountant maybe in December yes. and he figures right. out, okay, you're going to owe so much in tax. You need to make a payment by January 15th for X amount of dollars. That's right. that's what I call looking in a rearview mirror. Okay. Sure. You're, you're basically doing no planning. So what proactive planning is, is looking ahead, communicating, and figure out is, if there are more 
tax-efficient ways to do the things you're doing to help you keep more of what you make. And it focuses really along the communication lines. If you don't communicate, you can't do anything. And unfortunately, you know, most accountants and CPAs do a really good job of putting the right numbers in the right boxes, but it stops there. So we come up with a plan to help clients, you know, keep more of what they make and save some tax. Yeah, that's so important, isn't it, Craig? You know, it's it's interesting because I imagine you get to work with a lot of small business owners, and, and, you know, that's really the the market for our show, Craig, you know, is we have, um, we call them a lot of, like, aspiring franchipreneurs, and and a franchise is typically, you know, a smaller business, you know, most of them start off with, like, one single unit, you know, and that's that's why I thought this show was so important, we haven't really done a show like this in, in a whole decade, you know, so we thought it was really important to have someone like yourself on the show, what's the biggest mistakes that you you see small business owners making regarding their taxes, Craig? I think you mentioned. I, I hate this. The, the the well, the, number one is failing to communicate. That's probably um, mm, failing to communicate yeah. with their accountant and failing to plan. So you know, people they go yeah. buy a car, they do a lot of research, right? You know, they sure. make a big ticket purchase, they do a lot of research. I mean, taxes, you know, that's a big chunk of what you make. And people right. don't do the research they need to do. So I would say that's the first um, problem that we see. You know, people are worried about, you know, other things. And um, this right. is um, a big expense that people aren't doing the planning on. What do you think that is, Craig? You know, because I, I, I get that feeling, too. You know, in doing this show such a long time now, you know, I, I imagine that a lot of small business owners do fail to communicate with their their tax accounts. Why why is that? I mean, have you come up with a reason for that? Oh, I, I think one reason are you know as you know as um, a member of the pocket protector group, okay, of uh, accountants and CPAs. You know, we're typically not the most typically not the most outgoing people. There's a reason we went into accounting. Right. Um, sure, that's part of it. And and the second thing is most people look at accounting and um, working with their CPA as an expense item, and they're trying to keep the you know the figure. If I don't talk to him, he can't charge me. When yeah. in reality, it's like you know if you spend a little time with that person communicating, you could figure out some ways that you could save some money. So it really becomes more of an income item versus an expense item. Right. How often do you think? <clears throat> This small business owner should communicate with their their accountant and Craig. I mean, from your experience, you know, three times a year, four times a year. What do you recommend? You know, depending on the size of your business, I would say at least mm, four times yeah. a year. And you know, what we do is when we set up a plan, there's a lot of communication in the beginning to get that whole plan rolling. And then once you have that plan as an ongoing part of your business, then you don't have to, you know, speak as often, but I would say at least every quarter. And if the bigger the business, the more often you should be communicating with your advisor. You know, he's part of your team. You should be taking advantage of him. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Congratulations on the book, by the way, Craig. I mean, though, that was um, you co-authored the Amazon bestseller, uh, Secrets of a Tax-Free Life. Uh, Talk a little bit about, you know, the book experience and, you know, maybe, you know, what you discuss in the book as well. Well, you know, the book was a great experience, um, you know, mm-hmm. coming up and putting on paper kind of one of the things that we do. And I, I was lucky to do it with, you know, about nine other people. So um, it made it somewhat easier. And then I came out right, with um, right. my second book, which was basically the 10 most expensive tax mistakes that cost business owners thousands. And that 
talks about, you know, some of the things we're talking about today, um, it's, it's really, um, it's like having a big business card, all right? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of accountants have written books. They don't, um, they don't typically look at, you know, the marketing part of it, but it's good to get your, right. your message out there. You know, people see it, sure. they read it. Okay, they'll either call me or they'll call their accountant and, you know, let's do right. something. What what advice would you give? You know, when, when I was reading about your story, I just I found it really you know interesting, Craig. Uh, you know how you were able to you know make this this transition, and you know, and the majority of our listeners, I mean, they have a similar experience. You know, some of them are coming from like corporate America. You know, some of them have been downsized. You know, and you made you know a very you know bold move. I know you had you know family at the time. What advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to you know? buy a franchise, because you went into entrepreneurship. You made this big switch from, you know, going from the police force to owning your own business. From everything you learned from that process, what advice would you give to our listeners in that process as well? Well, it's it's always a lot easier if you love what you do, because then it's not uh-huh. like you're going to work. Um, that's that's the right. So you need to find something that you really enjoy doing and, you know, put your heart and soul into it. And I would say, you know, get involved in mastermind groups. Learn from others' mistakes. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. There's so much information out there, you know. Um, sure. And I, I think, you know, too often as a business owner, we try and, you know, take on a lot of the burdens ourselves, whether, you know, instead of looking to the various communities that, that are out there that can help us, you know, not have to reinvent the wheel. I got that. I recall listening to an interview with you or reading an interview um, that you did, Craig. You know, you were talking about it, that you and I have this commonality. It sounds like you listen to a lot of podcasts like myself, you know, and keep on top as far as what's going, you know, what's going on in the industry, which is important, isn't it? Right. Oh, there's so much information out there. And, you know, I yeah. look at the podcast as the Wild West and you could, you know, there's marketing podcasts, there's SEO podcasts. And obviously, yeah. you know, Depending on you know what you're doing, I mean, you're you're not just you know running the business. You're also typically the head sales guy. Um, so there's a lot to know, and you know, being a, I mean, we're lucky. I say we're very lucky today to have all that information yeah. out there. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So what's what's next for you, Craig? I mean, do you see like another book in the future? Um, you, you know, if you can look like maybe you know three to five years down the road. Uh, probably at least you know one or two other books. I'm, sure. I'm working on a book now um, that's really targeted to uh, one group that we work with, and um, just doing you know a lot of podcasting and uh, maybe doing some speaking. Right, that's fantastic. Well, you have a great story. I mean, again, I was very inspired by the story, you know, and I just I, it was very coincidental, you know, that we were talking a lot about. There was a franchise called Smoothie King, and um, I guess they were offering discounts to. Uh, former, you know, if you, you're a police officer or fireman or, you know, people in, you know, in, in that particular segment, you know, and I just thought it was very interesting, you know. So how can um, our listeners get more information on your services, um, Craig, and, and even if they want to get the book? I mean, is Amazon the best place that they should go to? So um, the secrets of a tax-free life, they'd have to go to Amazon. If they go to okay. our website, which is, um, and you'll have it in your show notes, CraigCodyandCompany.com. Yes, forward slash franchise interviews, they can get a copy. I will send them a free copy of my recent book, 10 Most Expensive Tax Mistakes That Cost Business Owners Thousands. 
Wow, that's fantastic. I really appreciate that. I hope a lot of our listeners will take advantage of that. And it was great to have you on the show, Craig. Again, I, you know, when I learned about you, you know, and I just I loved your story, you know, and I'd like to invite you back, you know, you know, next year, um, you know, and continue to talk about this topic because I think it's very important for particularly our listeners because I think they forget this part of the business, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. And unfortunately, it's usually too late when it's this time of year. You know, October, November, yeah. December is is when. You know, you really should, if you haven't done it, you, that's really where the impetus is to actually do it, you know, um, and save some money. So there's a lot of different things out there that people can do, um, and a lot of it is not rocket science. Sure. That's fantastic. Well, it was great to have you on the show, Craig, and I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Okay, thank you very much. Have a great day. It was my pleasure, Craig, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. The Branch for North one one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Tab Burkhalter, the founder and CEO of Numbers House, which specializes in helping entrepreneurs legally start their businesses, as well as providing back-end office support in bookkeeping and payroll services. Hi, Tab. How are you? Welcome to the show. Marty, thanks for having me today. Uh, this is my pleasure, Tab. We would like to ask our guest, where are you calling from today, Tab? Uh, outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, nice. So Knox, Tennessee is such a beautiful state, isn't it? It's gorgeous over here. Yeah, we have the mountains, we have states. the lakes. It reminds me a lot of Pennsylvania. I always said if I could live anywhere besides Pennsylvania, it would be Tennessee, uh, Tab, you know, because it's very similar. You know, we have the same thing. You know, we've got the rivers, lakes, mountains, and all of those things. But Tennessee is just a little bit warmer than Pennsylvania, you know, so it really is the perfect climate, isn't it? I, I believe so. We get to experience all four seasons of the year. And yeah. uh, we don't have massive potholes in between the roads on the interstate. <laughs> That's true. Not like Philadelphia. It's, it's, it's something. But, you know, it's really exciting to have you on the show today, Tab, because I think, you know, this is an important show, particularly as we approach the end of the year. You know, maybe, maybe we could kind of start off like, you know, you could talk about, you know, how you came up with the idea for Numbers House, because I think it's a really important service for our listeners. Well, where the, where the idea came from is I have been a serial entrepreneur my entire life, and mm-hmm. We have had most of my background ever since I was seven years old was dealing with restaurant franchises. My wow. dad was an attorney and a CPA, and we uh, we were the the back office for a lot of restaurant franchises. They were getting off the ground and started, and right. we discovered that franchises are excellent at creating revenue. But the franchise owners and operators sometimes didn't understand all of the back end that kept right. their business going. Right. And so we decided that we would customize a company that provided that back end support for either the franchise or in wanting to make sure that they collected royalty payments and did proper audits and helping their franchises be as successful as possible. Mm-hmm. as well as providing the services for the franchisees on maximizing their tax deductions, taking care of their back-end reporting to the franchisor. So we fear we were in a unique situation to offer both sets of services. I think it's a great market to focus on, Tab, because, you know, as you know, you know, being an entrepreneur, I mean, there's, there's many different options when you go into business. You know, you don't necessarily have to go the franchise alternative. You know, you could start your own 
corporation, but, but franchising is, is a real special niche, and, and it seems like you have that feel and you're comfortable with working with, with franchises, don't you? Yeah, and working with franchises, I mean, we've worked with a variety of them to where some of them believe in are very heavy on that royalty payment from the franchise mm-hmm. or right. others. They are more of a licensing where they want the name mm-hmm. to build brand equity across the country. And then you have some where they just are wanting to expand territorially, so they'll sell territory rights and not really care right. what you do inside of that territory. And right. what we have discovered is it's important to understand the mindset behind the franchisor because those operating agreements or those franchise agreements can play significant roles when you're looking at how to account for income or expenses or or even growth inside of your market. Right. And I'll give you a brief example we've got a we've got a restaurant franchise right now that's in West Virginia the franchise the restaurant sold rights 21 years ago to the I81 corridor through Tennessee but it's wow. never been developed huh. now then we're trying to help our franchise in West Virginia expand down I81 into the Tennessee market but they don't have the territory rights they've wow. got the capital to expand and so we're kind of having to step in and work with the franchisee as well as the franchisor say, what do you want? We don't mind right. expanding up to the Virginia state line on I-81, but we mm-hmm. really want to get market penetration into Tennessee. But you sold the rights, but no one's developed it for 21 years. That's incredible. You hear all sorts so, of stories in franchising, don't you, Tab? <laughs> oh, it, it, is, it is a wonderful market to get into because no two franchises ever operate the exact same. Right, exactly. The um, the majority of our listeners have are we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, most of them, you know, they have it in their mind that they would like to get into franchising. What are the most common tax deductions franchise owners overlook? The, all right, now, are you asking from the concept of the franchisor or the person that is operating a franchise as their own independent business? I would probably more so the franchisee because I think our listeners are going to be more franchisee-focused, although we do have franchisors, of course, listen to the show, but more the franchise owner or franchisee themselves. The, a lot of the tax deductions that they, that they start looking at is, um, is capital investment. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they pay for their royalty, how are they accounting for it? If they have to do right. a large lump sum to purchase their franchise, is it being properly um, amortized out? Uh, over the over a set time period, I see. And so those are a few things, but the larger ones that we get into is when their franchise or wants them to do a remodel, to do a new lease, or to do a um, a refresh of their concept. Well, that could be considered significant dollars, right? And our viewpoint is yes, it's an asset, but can we cost segregate that large expenditure and take it so where some of it is is a 15-year asset, but some of it is also a three-year asset or a expense now? And that's where right. just spending money on a remodel isn't necessarily all-inclusive. You can break it up, and it's just a matter mm-hmm. of learning those those tactics. That's great. The uh- I, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Tab, but I, I think McDonald's is going through this right now. I saw an article, I think it was a week or two ago. I, I, I know where some of the McDonald's franchisees were upset because I know McDonald's wants to, I guess, remodel um, 
some of their units, you know, and and I know they were expressing, you know, some fr frustration in that. So I, I think that's very interesting. Um, one of the topics we spoke about, and this is going back, God, I think it's two or three years, we were talking about 401ks, and, and I know you can borrow from your 401k to start a franchise, but I, I guess the, the deep question is, should you? <laughs> There's a difference between, and that's an excellent question. We We were talking yesterday with a person who mm -hmm. wanted to pull money out of their 401k. Right. And we said, all right, let's look at it. If you borrow from your 401k, you might have an interest rate that you have to pay the money back at, which is right. fine. That's just like a traditional loan. But you don't have the 10% early withdrawal penalty. You do not have to pay income tax on that money, but you still right. get to create an income-producing uh, revenue. Others will look at it and say, well, we know we're going to have a lot of front-end costs, and because of those front-end costs, whatever we pull out from the 401k, the, the losses from the franchise for that first-year startup are going to equal each other out. So right. from, a, from an income tax perspective, there might be, it might result in a zero tax, but you still have got that 10% early withdrawal penalty. Right. Some people have even gone, and there are, and it, there, it's a little bit more tricky, where you roll your money over into a self-directed IRA. You then let your IRA buy part of the franchising rights, so that way the, the 401k is investing the money into the franchise itself, not necessarily as a distribution, but you still get use of the funds. And that concept is, is much more tricky. There's a lot of red tape that you jump through to make sure that, that every I is dotted and every T is crossed. But right. there are ways that you can pull the money out to where it's not a loan and it's not subject to any type of a penalty or repayment. That's great to know. We had a, a woman on the show, I guess it was about two months ago, Tab, and, and her name was Christy Wilson-Delkin. She told the story of, of how she pulled all of her money out of her 401k, I think it was like 120,000, and, and her accountant advised her against it. He said, "Don't do this." You know, he said, "You're going to get, you know, this, this was like 40% or something like that." She didn't have the same type of um, example that, that you were just discussing. She believed in it so much, you know, and thank God everything worked out. She ended up eventually, I think it was 10 years later, she ended up selling the business for like eight million dollars. But um, she really had to think about it, you know. I mean, it was very risky, you know. So uh, it, it's interesting, you know, how you, you give alternatives to, to, to kind of getting around, you know, those those taxes because, you know, that really is so important. I mean, you know, franchising is not a 100% guarantee, is it? You know, I think some people, our listeners, sometimes they have this perception that if you buy a franchise, statistically it's going to make it, you know. And there might be some truth behind certain brands, but it, it's not always 100%, is it? No, I mean, we're dealing with one right now where we um, it, it's a um, it's a it's a very popular restaurant franchise. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, the the owner had two locations in Tampa, and in, in here in Knoxville, the franchise has done exceptionally well. But right. the location of the two franchises in Tampa, in under five years, both went belly up, and now the franchisor or the franchisee is on the hook for about a million dollars in taxes, wow. royalty payments, franchise agreements, and there's nothing left to show for it. So not every franchise is going to be a home run. 
you, it's still a business. You still have to work right. it. And you can make poor management decisions that will affect your restaurant or or well, any or any franchise. I say restaurant because that's my background, right. but any franchise, right. be it a Midas or be it a, a, mm-hmm. a uh, or any of them. Right, any type of franchise. For, from your experience, Tab, you know why why do most businesses fail? Is it is it because of undercapitalization? Is it because of like the example you were just talking about location? We, we had an example here in Eastern Pennsylvania of a big franchise. I was surprised they they went out of business, but they were in a very odd location, and I figured it had to be the location that was you know the reason that they kind of went under. But what are some of the reasons most businesses fail? Uh, the number one reason that we see is the is the owner is not used to managing the rapid influx of cash that comes with those businesses. Mm-hmm. So right. there's proper forecasting of cash needs. So they right. they buy into a rest or they buy into a franchise. Now then they've got payroll taxes. Then they have right. a business tax. Then they have sales tax. I mean, by the time you get into a business, you're looking at six to seven new taxes, and I have yet to find a school that teaches anything about taxation in our elementary or high school process. That's true. That's a problem in our country. It it is. the, the, The cash flow management of your taxes is the first one. The second one is just people being able to find your business, and that gets back into your location comment. If you don't have a good location, you can have the best product in the world, but if people can't find you, they're never going to be able to buy it. That's interesting. A lot of our listeners have they you know, they start off as usually a single unit franchisee, you know, and as the business starts to become somewhat successful, you know, they start looking into a second franchise location. From your experience, what are or are there financial and tax implications of opening a second location. When you start looking at that second location, uh-huh. the tax implications aren't as much as because you're you're all that you're doing is you're hopefully you're just adding additional revenue. Now then, if right. you're in a business to where you get tax credits for investing in lower income areas, or tax credits because you do uh, tip reporting through your franchise, then then those second and third opportunities open up more doors for you. Um, right. But the the bigger consideration is going to be is you have successfully operated the franchise. Are you If you open up a second location, how close is it to your first one, and are you going to cannibalize your revenue right. from one market to another? In Knoxville, we, we – in Knoxville, we have uh, – it's pretty much divided up based on which side of the interstate you are on and then what side of the major four-lane uh, artery you are, you're on. So it's almost divided into four quadrants. And there was, a restu- there was a grocery store chain that came into town, bought five sites, and could not understand why the sites were not doing well. One was right. doing great but the other three uh, were not, and then a a fifth one they just decided not to do. And what they realized is they basically put three into one quadrant, although mileage, they were all equidistant apart, but from the concept of where the the boundaries were between the interstate and highways, 
three of them all cannibalized off each other. Wow. And it and there's just knowing the mindset of your market, of the people that you're going to be servicing. Are they willing to drive across the bridge to get to you? Will they cross the interstate? I was going to say, you know, this has been one of the themes of, 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 of our show, Tab. You know, we've been doing the show now over 12 years, and, you know, when someone's looking to expand, you know, or even get into franchising, we always do advise, you know, that they don't just pick any accountant or any attorney. You know, we always say, you know, find someone like yourself that, that has experience with franchising or, yeah, find someone who has experience as, as being a franchise attorney. You know, I'm, I'm always surprised when I hear stories like this of, of people who it, – it's almost like they didn't even – they never talked to anyone about it. They just kind of did it on their own. And you kind of wonder, why didn't they speak to someone like yourself first before making that move? Why do you think that happens? I think a lot of people are nervous. We live in a very jaded society, mm. and people yeah. are afraid of sharing their dreams with others. Right. So right. they are afraid of finding people that or or really talking to a lot of people until they've pulled that trigger. I mean, we had a, a, com or a common joke that we had started a product called Potty Targets and probably did this 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. But it started off as a joke between me and some friends out of Bournemouth, England. And the point was that we will help a client succeed in their business as long as they're willing to give us the idea and help them and as long as they're honest with their answers because we want right. them to succeed. But society itself doesn't want people to succeed. Right. And so I think that people that become franchise owners, they want something better for themselves. They want to provide right. something better for their family, but they're afraid of going out and talking to people about it. So they try to do it as much with Google as they can, mm -hmm. and then they pull the trigger, and they, and they just needed two or three hours of some proper guidance. Right, exactly. I um I got into a business many years ago. It's going back almost twenty years ago. Uh, tab where got into this business, um, somewhat successful, and um, the problem was we didn't have an exit strategy. And when I wanted to get out of the business, <laughs> you can imagine it was very messy. And 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 I find that this is common, uh, you know, um, amongst a lot of entrepreneurs is that they don't have an exit strategy. What what are the exit strategies for franchise owners? That's an excellent question because it depends upon the franchise itself. The franchisor, some of them will allow uh, you to basically transfer your franchise agreement from one generation to the next, mm -hmm. uh, especially if it's owned by a corporation. Others will have the franchise agreement be renewable every five years to where you could you could spend your capital, get it up and going, and then if they don't like how you're operating it, right. they can elect not to renew it, and then you're stuck with with a location that you don't own anymore. You've spent your time, you've guaranteed the lease, but the franchisor comes back in and takes it back over because they decide not to renew your franchise agreement. So wow. the, the type of franchise agreement that you execute – will determine a lot of what your exit strategy will look like. Is this a 10-year investment? Is this a 5-year investment? Is this a lifetime investment? We've we've right. got one where yeah, go ahead. I was going to say this is something that you do have to talk about 
before you even start, right, Tab? I mean, I, it's it's uh, again that was I think one of honestly my biggest life learning lesson. But I always say, why didn't I talk about it when we got into it? I just think we had you know these these big dreams of, of you know making a lot of money, and for some reason it just never occurred to us that okay, what's going to happen when one of us want to get out of the business? And I, it, it seems to happen more often in entrepreneurship. And and I've always felt that we should talk about this more in the show, which is why you know I wanted to have someone on yourself like the show to, to address this. This is a very important topic, isn't it? Well, uh, the exit strategy, yes. And and it is the, the, the messiest part. It's kind of like a divorce. No one goes into a marriage right. expecting right. There, there to be a divorce. Right. But with business, you can go into a business franchise knowing that at one day you will die. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are all right. going to die. So right. we at least need to understand what we're leaving for our kids or for our heirs to have to clean up. So it's very good for us to have a good exit strategy from that business. We're not saying because we're going to fail or because we're going to dissolve the partnership, but we know there will be an end termination point. And what do we want that to look mm-hmm. like? Right. And then you work backwards from there. That's fantastic. It's so important. What's the best way for our listeners, Tap, to get more information um, on, on all the services that you provide to our listeners and, and the franchise community? Are there any websites that you'd like them to go to to check out or any phone numbers that you'd like them to call? Well, for the phone numbers, um, the best way to reach our office is 865-984-4080. The website is the numbers house all one word the numbers house.com and look us up one of those two ways that's fantastic i've really enjoyed having you on the show today tab and i'd like to invite you back again because i think there's more to talk about you know again it is such an important topic and i think you provide a great service so i'd like to invite you back uh, over the next year or so hey i would love to be back on the show with you again marty and you have a great time you too tab it was great having you on the show we'll be right back with more franchise interviews Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes and Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Are you looking for a franchise that delivers? Businesses will always need shipping, and for more than 25 years, loyal customers have depended on Unishippers for reliable savings and exceptional customer service. Unishippers is focused on just one thing, helping small and medium-sized businesses save time and money on all their shipping needs. And as the largest reseller of complete shipping services in the country, we have the buying power to ensure that we succeed. The Unishippers franchise offers low startup costs, no equipment or real estate required because they're not retail, residual income, and a quality of life and work-life balance. For more information on becoming a Unishippers franchisee, go to www.unishippers.com and click Franchise Opportunities or call Franchise Development at 801-708-5822. That's 801-708-5822. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. 
our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, Franchise Interviews has been hosting this show now over eight years, and we've done over 400 shows. And, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but we actually started off as a newsletter in 2006. We had a handful of subscribers, and um, the newsletter started to build over time. And we got a proposal to turn the newsletter into a radio show. And I originally said no to the idea. I was terrified about doing a radio show. And I thought about it for about three days, and I said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. And doing the radio show has really been, I would say, one of the top five or top ten things that's happened you know, over my life. So it's been a real amazing opportunity. We've interviewed some amazing people from um, uh, Michael Gerber to the guest you're going to hear today, Melanie Bergeron. Melanie is in our Great Quotes and Franchising podcast for today, and she is the chair of Two Men in a Truck, and she was on our six-year anniversary show. We put a lot of thought as far as who we'd like to have on the anniversary show, and she was a perfect choice, a wonderful interview. And one of the questions we asked Melanie on the show was, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? And, of course, her response was brilliant. So here we go with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising with Melanie Bergeron, the chair of Two Men in a Truck. To go or grow, they add a right. truck, add a truck, add a truck. And then if, depending on what the economy is doing, then you mm-hmm. could take a truck out if you had to. Whereas with other franchise systems, you usually have to add a store, right. add a yeah. location, um, it's just another another beautiful thing. I'm using every second of your time I can to no, encourage it, it, people it, to think about this business as an it, opportunity. It's, it, it's an amazing opportunity. And, you know, I guess I could officially call you an expert. I know that I believe you are a, was a certified franchise expert. And one of the questions we've been asking on the show, Melanie, for the last six years is, you know, what advice would you give to our listeners? We call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, so many of them know they want to get into a franchise opportunity, but it seems, I don't know, it seems a little more difficult today because there's just so much out there. And I think a lot of our listeners, they just simply don't know where to begin. I think they get a little overwhelmed. What would you say to them as an expert in franchising? I would look at the concept and um, think about who the audience is that you'll be working with because no matter what product or service it is, it's not really the product or service, it's who you're delivering to. And, um, you know, is this an audience that you could be comfortable with? I guess that would be the first thing I would look at. Second, are there unit economics? Third, is this a fad? Is it going to be around 10 years from now? Um, Fourth, how expensive is it? to get involved? Are you going to be able to get a loan for it? You know, five, is it going to be right. difficult to learn this product or service, or will it be pretty easy to learn and teachable to others? Um, also look for state regulations. Is there anything, is there a location available in your 
city or state, are there special regulations toward that product or service? Because a lot of products and services are regulated, and I'll tell you, moving is. Um, but the biggest thing your listeners can do is call as many, uh, once they receive the permission, call as many of the franchisees in that system that they can. And a couple red flags, if you get the FDD from a company and there is not an item number 19, and that shows um, just shows average numbers that right. franchisees make, that's a red flag, and find out why they don't have that in their FDD. Secondly, when you when the um, prospect does receive permission to call franchisees and they give you a very short list, mm-hmm. that's a red flag. And yeah. um, I, it'd be nice to my truck. We give the whole all of our franchisees, even people that have left the system, because we want that prospect to call as many people as possible. And if they say, "I would never do this," you know, I would, I made a big mistake. Then the prospect should ask, well, you sound disappointed. Would you do it all over again? And if they say never, then it might be good for the prospect to say, then would you be willing to sell your location? The Mm. truth will bubble up in that answer. And then keep in mind, if we, um, it's not often this happens, but if we had a prospect called two men in a truck, and they said, we talked to this um, franchisee, and they don't like the way you do things, then we would probably say, you you know what, you won't be happy in our system then because that is how right. we do things. So I think uh, for a prospect, they're going to get a bulk of their education by checking references. Very, 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 very important. Wow, that's a great question. I never heard that before, you know, in, in all the years I've been studying franchising is, you know, if someone said, you know, they, they never would have got into it again, then you say, well, would you sell me yours? And they said no. <laughs> you know, that would be like, well, okay, I never thought of that. I mean, that's that's very clever. I, you know, I had a feeling your response would, would, would be, you know, nothing less than spectacular. You know, it, it's it's. So thank you, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Melanie Bergman, the chair of Two Men in a Truck, you can actually go to FranchiseInterviews.com. You can go to our Franchises Listed Alphabetically page and just go to Two Men in a Truck. You can go to our Franchises by Category page and go to our Home Services page. And um, we'd like to thank everyone again for making this podcast and this show such a big success. It's amazing that we've been doing it now eight years, and we hope to do it another eight years. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.